Um, over the last month of May, we've been talking about the church. What is the church? Who is the church? Who can go to the church? And uh, we've been going through scripture, as we do every week, and looking at how the Bible describes the church, uses different images to uh, describe and, and, and present the church. And we started with the image that the church was the house of God. And then we went to the image of the church being the body of Christ. And then the church was the bride of Christ. And last week we said that the church was the hope of the world. And tonight we actually finish our series and we say that the church is the embassy of heaven. The church is the embassy of heaven. You ever thought about what heaven looks like? It's not like it's really a thought that you have every day, right? Not like you wake up and think, hmm, I wonder what heaven looks like. You ever thought about that? I remember when I was young, I used to think the heaven was like this big um, jumping castle, right? This was my heaven when I, I think it was about year five. Heaven was just this, this land of jumping castles, right? And everywhere you just jumped. But the jumping castles were made up of chocolate cake, Right, And so you would jump on chocolate cake and then you would land into the wall and what you would do is you would eat through the wall. And that was heaven for me at year five when I was 10 years old. Not much has changed. <laughs> if we say that the church is the embassy of heaven, what we, where, what we, where we're going to land is this. We're going to land at the point where we say that the church is where we get to taste and have a glimpse of what heaven is. So let's start with some definitions. What's an embassy? An embassy is the base for a country's diplomatic mission abroad, meaning all the political, cultural, and social relationships between the states. So for example, Australia would have multiple embassies, most of them down in Canberra, that represent other nations. Um, the US Embassy, I'll use that one as an example, that's down in Canberra. But the cool thing about the embassy is the embassy in itself, right, and the actual land that the embassy is on is actually not part of the country that it resides in, but is actually a part of the country that it represents. So, for example, the U.S. Embassy, the block that the U.S. Embassy is on in Canberra is actually considered U.S. soil. So if there was a fire that broke out in the U.S. Embassy in Canberra, the Australian Fire Department can't just go in there to put out the fire, but they actually have to get permission from the United States ambassador to go in and put out the fire. If you've watched a lot of movies around, you know, different countries, if the embassy is attacked, then that's pretty much an attack on that nation. Uh, one of, a, a great movie I watched years ago, um, a movie called Argo. Oh, intense movie, intense movie, right? And there's this scene where they're hiding in the, the, the Canadian embassy and they cannot go in. They cannot go in to get these fugitives, right? Because that's Canadian soil. Pretty much when you walk into an embassy, it's like you're walking into that country. And so if the church is the embassy of heaven, 
right? If, I, if we say that the church is the embassy of heaven, what does that mean? Right? There are four things that Scripture tells us about the church being the embassy of heaven. Number one, Jesus' kingdom is not of this world. John 18.36, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not of this world. Sorry, my kingdom is not from this world. Jesus makes it really clear. That the kingdom that he is the king of, that he reigns and rules over, is actually not in this world. And at that point, we need to pause and we need to think, what other kingdom is it? If Jesus is talking about something that is beyond what we would consider our world, our physical world, what else is there? And it's actually a reminder that what we see in our world, right, what we call the physical world, right, the five senses, right, that that is not the only world that exists. Right, and I know this is a really, uh, honestly, it's it's quite a hard concept to understand. But the reality is that the physical world that we live in is actually something that was created. Genesis one, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And one of the you know the great questions that a lot of people ask is, well, who created God? What was there before the world, the physical world, was created? And the answer is, well, God was there. Who created God? No, no one created God because God was there. But what we know is that if God was there before the physical world was created, is that there's another world, and it's the spiritual world. Right? And I'm not sort of like, ooh, spirit. You know, I'm not, you know, we're not talking about Casper, the, the friendly ghost, or anything like that, right? But there is a, a world that existed before the physical world was created. And why that's important is this. One day, the physical world will end and the spiritual realm will be still there. The existence of outside, the existence outside of the physical is so important because that's the realm that Jesus is king. When Jesus says that my kingdom is not of this world, what he's saying is that his realm, his kingdom is actually the spiritual realm. Why is this important? Because if Jesus says that he's the king of the spiritual world, I'm talking like Andy now. I don't know if you've ever spoken to Andy before. I don't know why I started speaking like that. If Jesus says that he's the king of the spiritual world, what's important is we need to work that. We, we need to work out where we stand with Jesus. See, one of the questions that I love um, when, I, when I meet um, non-Christians, and one of the big questions they ask me is, why do you do what you do? You know, why, why are you a pastor? Like, why are you religious, right? And they go, Steve, if you weren't religious, you know, what would you do? And I say, I'd be rich or I'd be dead, you know, one or the other, right? So why, why do you believe in all this? And then I go, okay, let me ask you a question then. What happens when you die? What happens when you die? Right? That's one of the best questions. Right? One of the best questions to start uh, people to start to think about their reality. What happens when you die? 
See, for me, the idea of that this life is it, that I was born and it was just some random act and then I was born and I lived my life 70, 80, 90, 100 years and, 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 and then I die and then that's it and that's, this, that's the um, ceasing of my existence to me goes, wow, kind of seems meaningless. What's the point? What's the point of me living a good life if I die and then that's it? If everyone dies and then that's it? What's the point? And what this does to us is it, it shows us Actually, there's something more than the physical world that we live in. All right? And that's the kingdom of Christ. That's the spiritual realm. Secondly, Jesus' kingdom is not of this world. Secondly, our citizenship is in heaven. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. See, if we're with Jesus. If we're Jesus followers and his kingdom is not of this world, then ultimately exactly what scripture says, our citizenship belongs with where Jesus is and that's heaven. Something that we need to understand is this world is not our home. For Jesus followers, for Christians, this world is not our home. This world is but a temporary Residence on the scope of eternity. Something that we need to understand because we definitely don't think like this. Our allegiance is not to any country or government, but is Jesus and his kingdom. That's where our citizenship is. That's where our home is. Colossians 3, 1-4. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. See, if our citizenship is not of this world, then why are we so concerned about this world? Scripture tells us that if our citizenship is in heaven, if our home is in heaven, then our hearts and our thoughts should be there too. Set your hearts on things above. We should live with an eternal perspective and not a temporary worldly perspective. I use, uh, well, Scripture uses this example. Scripture describes our time on earth as a tent. I know we have some people in our church that enjoy camping. Not me, but good on you. It's just not for me, right? When you go camping, you, don't, you, you pack what you need. Think about it, right? You go on a three-day camping trip. You pack a tent, you pack a sleeping bag, you pack a pillow, you pack three days' worth of clothes, you pack three days' worth of food. No one here goes on a three-day camping trip and unplugs their fridge, puts it in their boot. No one here takes paintings off their walls at home and puts it in and gets to the campsite, sets up the tent and puts the, the, the paintings on the tent. Why? Because you know it's temporary. Because you know it's short. Three days. You just take what you need, you enjoy your time there, 
but you know that home is not in that tent. If we know that our citizenship is in heaven, and if we know that our home is not here, then we need to start living like that. And we'll come back to what the problem is later, but we don't. As Jesus followers, our citizenship is in heaven. It's in his kingdom. Thirdly, the church is a preview of heaven. Revelation 7, 9. After this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation, tribe, people and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. Another way to say this is that the church is an insight into heaven. In the world that we live that is so broken, that is degenerating, that is getting worse every day. What is the church? It's the place where we get to experience the beginnings of heaven's culture. Unlike the world outside, when you come to church, and I'm not just talking about a physical building, but I'm talking about the people of God, you should be able to get a glimpse of what heaven's like. You should be able to get a taste of what heaven's going to be like in church. Uh, In South Korea, there's a big army base where, uh, sorry, a big US army base where you can go in if you have a US passport, all right? And when you walk up to that building, everything outside is in Korean. Everything looks Korean. Everything smells Korean. Everything sounds Korean. And yet you show your passport and you walk into this building and I haven't been there because I don't have a US passport. But I heard when you walk in there, it's like you're in America. The food court, the restaurants, the shops there. It's literally they've taken a bit of America and they just plonked it into the US army base. That should be what the church is. That should be what the church should be. That sentence doesn't make sense. Does it make sense? That should be what the church... Yeah, that's all right. The church should be a glimpse of heaven. The church should be a taste of what heaven is like. And you know what? It should be a whole different experience to any other organization in this world, any other group in this world. The church should be different. It should be filled with people who are poor in spirit. It should be filled with peacemakers who turn the other cheek. How many other organizations are flying the flag of turn the other cheek? Slap me on one side. Here you go. Here's the other side. What other organizations do that? No one. The church should be filled with people who care about their purity. The church should be filled with people who are worshiping God and not themselves nor the world. The church should be a preview of heaven. Now, in saying this, I do acknowledge that the church is not perfect. And surely we just don't execute this well. 
there's still brokenness, there's still sin, and it's still a clear mess. But even then, even then, there should be a clear difference between what the world values and what God values. And that difference should be seen in the church. That's where we get a taste of heaven. That's where we get a glimpse of heaven. Finally, number four, we are ambassadors of Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 16 to 21. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to him in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God was making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What's an ambassador? An ambassador is an accredited diplomat sent by the home state as its permanent representative in a foreign country. And friends, if the church is the embassy of heaven, then we who are the believers, who are the citizens of heaven, we are ambassadors. We are the ambassadors of Christ. We represent Christ in this foreign land. Remember, our citizenship is in heaven. But as a part of the embassy of heaven, this is who we're called to represent in the way we live, in the way we speak, in what we value. We are called to represent the citizenship, the home that we belong to, that is the way of Christ. Another point is as an ambassador, we're not called to hide in the the four walls or the four confines of the church. We're not, we're not called to hide within the embassy until we're called home, but we're called to be God's spokespeople on earth. God makes his will appear through us. What's, what's God trying to say to this world? What's the big message? Be reconciled to me. And that's our role on this planet as ambassadors of Christ, that we are called to share with people and help people be reconciled with God. That's what we're meant to be. We're meant to represent Christ. Jesus' kingdom is not of this world. Our citizenship is in heaven. The church is a preview of heaven. We are ambassadors of Christ. That's what scripture tells us. So what's the problem? Two problems. Number one, we forget where our citizenship lies. Simple as that, we forget where our citizenship lies. Where does your allegiance lie? Because depending on where you really believe you belong, changes the way you live your life. Someone once told me, 
If you want to know someone's philosophy in their life, right, what they live by, what they believe, don't listen to what they say, but watch what they do. And I completely agree with that. You can come and tell me, Steve, this is what I believe, this is what I believe, this is what I believe. And I'm like, yeah, that's great, but talk is cheap. You show me with your life, because you do already, right? If I spent a week with you, just watching you, you, you wouldn't have to say a word to me, and I would know exactly who you worship. I would know exactly what is important. I would know exactly what you live for. Show me your schedule. Show me your bank account, right? 100%, I can tell you that. Words are cheap. I believe God, right? That's, it, it's so easy to say. I want to be healthy. It's so easy for me to say. You will look at my life, right? Some of you been, you've been on this journey with me for ages. I really believe that McDonald's is unhealthy. I really, 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 really believe that. I really, really do. I can tell you a hundred times. I probably have told you a hundred times. And then the next day you'll see me at McDonald's. Because Big Macs are amazing. <laughs> if you want to know what someone believes, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. And here's the point. There's no point in you telling me, or you even telling God, oh God, my citizenship is in heaven. Show me. See, if you know that your citizenship lies in heaven, then you're going to care about heaven. That's what scripture says, right? If you know that your home is not of this world, but is in heaven, then you will set your mind on things above. But the problem is, they're not. The problem is, as soon as you walk out these doors on a Sunday, and most likely until you come back next Sunday, for the rest of the whole week, your mind was definitely not in heaven. It's all about this earth. It's all about what you, your comfort on this planet your financial stability or security on this planet, about what you want to do in this life. I'm telling you, if you really know, if you really know that this life is temporary, it's a tense, then what you do on this earth is not as important as what you're building in, at home, in heaven. For eternity. But I promise you, you look at yourself. You have a think about your life. You're trying to build your tent, trying to decorate that tent, trying to get the biggest tent. You might even be looking at multiple tents. Maybe you're even looking at investment tents. You're trying to get the most comfortable bed, the comfort most comfortable, you know, mattress. You know, you're trying, to, you're trying to earn money so that you, have, you can buy a bigger car to, to, to then transport your bigger tent. That's what your life's about. Don't come and tell me that you're, you're a citizen of heaven. You ain't a citizen of heaven. You're all about this world. The problem is that our allegiance still lies in this world. 
Even though Jesus has raised us from the dead, we still hold on to membership of this world. That's why we're so concerned about what we wear. That's why I put that question up for fellowship. What's your favorite designer brand? You know, when you go camping, or maybe it does happen these days, but you know, when you go camping and you're roughing it out, does it really matter what name is on your, 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 your shirt? Oh man, did you see that Gucci tent? Woo! Limited edition, you know? We're still so concerned about how much money we earn. Why? Money to comfort, money to build, money to future, money to stability, money to security, money to live a life of luxury. We're still concerned about the suffering on earth as if it's never going to end because we still believe that this is all there is. It's because you and I still believe at times in our lives that this life is it. As much as we talk about heaven, as much as we talk about life after death, we don't think that. That's why you're so concerned about this life. That's why you're so invested into this world. Literally decorating a tent that you will sleep in for a few nights, not believing that there is a permanent house in heaven waiting for you. You've forgotten where your citizenship lies. The question you need to ask yourself is, which kingdom are you going to live for? Which kingdom are you going to pledge your allegiance to? Which passport will you carry? Because God, through his son Jesus, offers us citizenship to heaven. We need to work out what we're living for. So if that's the problem on an individual level, the second one is the problem on a corporate level as a church, and it's this, the embassy fades into culture. Remember what I said? The embassy itself is actually not part of the country that it, it resides in. U.S. embassy in Canberra is U.S. soil. We as a church are the embassy of heaven. And what we forget is that we don't belong to the world. We're not meant to look the same as the building next door. And we have a great example, Chatsu Chase, one of the finest, finest shopping centers in all of Sydney with three hours free parking, which we're grateful for because we know a lot of our church guys park there. Thank you, Chatsu Chase. Chatsu Chase has one goal, profit. They talk about customer experience, serving the community, all of this, all of that. Bottom line, Chatsu Chase, it's profit, bottom line. Right? That's different to us, or it should be different to us. But the problem is this. 
some churches, the biggest temptation is that we compromise the values of God, the values of the kingdom, the principles of the kingdom for the sake of fitting in with our neighbors. For the sake of friendliness, for the sake of cultural relevance, we compromise key God values and God principles. And we've seen this in the church. Churches that are more, they're more interested in, I don't know, money. That's an easy one, right? Because not many churches are going to be like, yeah, we're here for profit, you know. But, you know, there are a lot of churches that, that, that have moved out of holding on to kingdom principles for the sake of just keeping everyone happy. And we, but we can't forget that the church isn't of this world. We're not meant to be like every other organization. Actually, we're not even meant to look like the world. We're the opposite. We're meant to stand out from the world. Wait a minute, we're meant to be different. Right, when the world says this is what's important, this is what's important, this is what's important, we actually are the organization, we're the body of Christ that says, well, actually, our God says that that's not important, but these are important. We're meant to stand out because we have different principles and different values that we live by. And we're meant to experience this difference in the church. But do you know what that means? That means that a lot of time we're not going to be very popular. We forget. We forget that the Christian population in this world is not the majority. I don't walk down the street and go, I'm a Christian. And everyone goes, wow, that's amazing. Look at that man. Not only is he good looking, but he is good faith, good moral judgment. He's going to be an amazing person in life. You walk down the street and go, I'm a Christian. Hypocrite. You're two-faced. You're unloving. You're judgmental. Christianity is not celebrated in the world we live in anymore. Back in the day, people used to go to the church for help. People don't go to the church for help anymore. Church is not a place for broken people to come. Church has become a place that breaks people. We're not popular. It means that we're going to face resistance. It means that we're going to face backlash. It means that people that aren't of the church are not going to understand why you go to church or why you believe what you believe. That's just the reality. But the point is this, that's not the goal. The goal of our Christian faith is not to sit with every single person in this world regardless of their belief and hold hands with them and sing Kumbaya. I've never heard anyone sing Kumbaya. The goal of our faith is to represent Jesus Christ on earth. The goal of our church is to represent heaven on earth. Yes, be the hands and feet. Yes, social justice. Yes, going to the dark places, but doesn't mean you become dark. 
It doesn't mean you forget why you do the things that you do. You do it because you represent Christ. And the day we forget this, the day we compromise kingdom principles, heaven's values, then we've missed the point. We've sold out because we want it to be popular. We want it to be a part of the cool group. Our goal is not to be like everyone else, but it's to represent the kingdom of heaven and to represent our King, Lord Jesus, as ambassadors. Our goal is to be true to him and what he values, to be the salt, to be the light, to be the difference. So I flag it with you right now, the two hardest things about this. Number one, individually, you need to work out where you lie. You need to work out where your allegiance is. And I'm not saying you need to be able to answer my question, where does your citizenship belong? Anyone can answer the question with the right words. I'm saying, show me with your life. Show me with your wallet. Show me with your time. Show me with who you hang out with. That. That is how we know where your citizenship aligns. And secondly, as the church, to never sell out. There are so many opportunities. Like we're celebrating eight years next year, next week, right? It's fantastic. So many, you know, praise the Lord. And we celebrate every anniversary because we really, really, really believe that this could be our last, right? And every year we celebrate and we get to the anniversary. Oh, praise the Lord. One year, another one, you know. But you know what? In amongst all the gold that God has done in the eight years, you don't think there's been pushback? You don't think there's been resistance? You don't think people came knocking on our doors telling us that we're absolutely full of rubbish? Of course we did. And it's not even external people. We've had external people come in. Tell us that we're rubbish. We've had internal people leave because they tell, they tell us that we're rubbish. Please. Don't be fooled. Sometimes you only see the Instagram version of the church. You talk to any of the leaders. Talk to the board. Trust me, our board meetings, it's not Instagram. It's the other 99% of what is called reality. Church is messy. We know that. But the point is this, even in that mess, for the sake of cleaning it up, for the sake of becoming more popular, for the, for the sake of fitting into society, should we compromise? No. Because as soon as we do, then we're not representing Christ. One of the most beautiful things that we get to experience in church is the taste of heaven where all the nations will come and bow down and worship the one and true living God. This morning, I was preaching at our, we were preaching at our Bell campus. And, you know, we didn't, you know, sometimes things happen that is truly God-ordained. You know, so many times 
you know, James, Pastor James would be leading worship and he doesn't know what I'm preaching. So he puts his set together and puts his songs together and they just mesh. Just word for word. Just you know God put those together. Still working with that with Albert. Still, just we're, we're still dating. Still trying to work each other out. Jokes. This morning, I came to the end part and then we, we prayed and then we had offering and, and we're singing this song, Oh, praise the name. Praise the name of our Lord, our God. And this song is my son, my fourth son, my fourth son, my fourth child, third son, confusing, um, Zach. It's his favorite song. And um, it's like week three of some series on the live stream. We have it, and, and Mel plays it on, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the YouTube, and then Zach just sings along. If you've been following my Instagram, he just sings, he, just, he loves his song. And he, he shouldn't have even been in the hall t- at that time because the kids were at the back, but they were there. And then so we're seeing this. And I see Zach at the back and I came up and Zach's at the back and legit, like, I'm watching this two-year-old boy sing his absolute lungs out. And so I did what every good father does. I invited him onto the stage. I sat next to him, or stood next to him, and we stood hand in hand and we worshipped God together. My two-year-old son. And you know what the beauty was? That was what heaven is going to taste like. And it was this beautiful moment that we had. And obviously now I've ruined it. Now if, we, if, we have, if it happens now, then it feels orchestrated. <laughs> right? Then it's like manipulation of emotions. And then, you know, today, tonight's going to come and, you know, do an interview with me or something like that, you know, like, you know. Man, but you know what? It doesn't have to be that. Can I really tell you? I want to finish with this. You know, I taste, I taste heaven in church all the time. Glimpses of heaven all the time. People serving. They don't need to serve. Yesterday we had our marriage conference. All of our married couples come together wanting to honour God in their marriage. Wanting to work through the hard things of this life. That was beautiful. Not only that, we had a whole bunch of volunteers come and serve five, six hours on a Saturday. Come and serve people that they, they don't even know, some of them. You want to experience heaven? Go downstairs. Right? Our, 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 our teachers, our, our volunteers who are loving on our children are pouring their lives into their, 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 their spirituality. You want to experience heaven? Go and have dinner after church. The conversations, getting to know, starting to share your lives, starting to share the insights. During worship, we experience heaven all the time. Standing side by side, people of all nations, all ages, focused on one thing, worshipping God. That's what heaven's going to be like. You get to taste this in the church. The reason why we invite our non-Christian, belief, uh, our non-Christian friends and family is that so that they can taste it too that they might want a piece of it. 
I pray that church would be more than just a place you go. The church would be more than just religious duty. Tick, 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 I've done my time with God. But I really pray that through church that you would be able to taste heaven, have a glimpse of heaven, because it's right here. Let's pray.